there's trouble in the deep south. In a case of mistaken identity, John is confused for a thief who broke in and stole eggs in Mr. McGillicutter's farm. The stakes are high, and it's up to the other John to look out for answers. Join us here for the down-home thrills, the chills, and all the highfalutin' fun you can have here on... I don't remember exactly what we were talking about. How long has it been since we've done this? Um, three weeks, two weeks, hmm. two weeks, probably. Hopefully, hopefully, just two weeks. <laughs> hopefully, just two weeks. So, what have you been doing since, like, in the meantime? Running errands nonstop for three weeks. I've just been running errands. <clears throat> uh, occasionally, I get to practice bass. Haven't you been like on vacation? Oh, I have done some vacations. What have you done? Many vacations. Uh, I like to go kayaking and canoeing and camping and doing rope swings and swimming and uh, all kinds of stuff. All that white people stuff. All the- <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> yeah, I like to do all the white people stuff. I'm just saying because like I don't know a lot of people that uh, that do any of that at all. No, and I was actually so I was reading an article in my white backpacker magazine the other day <laughs> that they send to all white people just for being white, um, and it was uh, it was actually kind of disturbing about the small percentage of minorities that go to national parks, yeah, and then the percentage of the large percentage of minorities that are in the country, and how. Uh, the funding for national parks is just crashing. It's just going downhill. Really? Uh, because more than half of our population doesn't enjoy them at all. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Well, I'll tell you, I've never been camping. Never. <laughs> I'll take you anytime you want to go. Well, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting because my wife would love to. Oh yeah. Um, she we love stargazing. That's my my outdoor activity. Just yeah. Get lost in the sea of stars, but I don't like dealing with nature <laughs> at all. Like if I see a fly, I freak out. You know that you are nature, actually. I feel like I've had a conversation about this, and I think I may have posted something about this. Oh yeah. Um, about something uh, if something is man made, and if men are made in nature, isn't anything man-made natural by extension. No, it is. I agree. But I'm saying everything is. Right. I'm saying, yeah. And you are a part of that. So is your Zoom F8 that you just ordered. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I completely understand that. I I think a lot of people made me feel really bad (laughs) about that last (laughs) post because it's splitting hairs. What we mean is not man-made when we talk about nature. That's 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 the distinction. That's the popular distinction that we make when we say nature. It's right, right. Nature versus man-made, which again is arbitrary. I agree, but I, I just have a liking for things that are man-made, and I don't like bugs <laughs> or bears. See, see, I, I have a liking for things that are man-made too. I have a deep appreciation for everything we do for all of our culture. Um. But I also love nature just as much. I mean, equally as much. Um, and I'm not afraid of bugs, which I think is the distinction you're making. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's more of a fear thing than a dislike. Well, I'm not afraid of bugs. I just don't like them. I mean, there's some bugs that are annoying, but I appreciate them as much as I appreciate this great microphone I'm speaking into. Oh, that's a stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 there's no bug that I could appreciate on the same level as this microphone. None. 
Unless, unless it was a bug that cured cancer, then it would shoot up high on my list, and it still probably wouldn't be as high as, let's say, macaroni and cheese. So, so what is it you dislike about bugs? I, I hate compound eyes. I think they're creepy. See, that's a fear thing. That's not a dislike thing. Well, Or maybe you dislike it because you're afraid of it. Well, I think that fear oftentimes is seated in ignorance. And yeah. I'd have a practical, like a... Uh, armchair understanding of the way compound eyes work. Right. But bugs don't feel anything, which makes them sociopaths. Well, nobody knows that. We don't know that bugs don't feel anything. We know enough about how how um, nerve cells work and how the nervous system works to know that anything that a bug can feel is so far down the feeling in list in the evolutionary sense that at the very least they don't feel any way the way we do. I yeah, I agree with that. I would say that everything about a bug really is is totally alien to us as humans. I would well, say their their entire world experience is totally different from ours. Okay, so but when you'd say their entire world experience, that's not everything about a bug. I mean, we understand bugs on a DNA level and we can trace the evolution of bugs, but I agree on the consciousness level that you brought up, but we don't know the closest thing uh what it's like to be a bug or really what it's like to be anything other than us. Right. Shoot, I can barely try to comprehend what it's like to be you, and we're both human. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. So, so why does that lead to a dislike of them? Just because they're completely different. See, I didn't say um, that led to a complete dislike of them. You said it. Well, so why don't you like them then? Because they're psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I said this earlier. <laughs> I think you said sociopath, but yeah, but okay. Yeah. So the working knowledge is there's yeah. a very little difference of the two terms. But yeah, they're a little sociopaths. So what about Trump? Are you saying you don't like him now? Are you calling Trump an insect? <laughs> I'm calling him worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people I dislike much more than bugs, even the annoying ones like mosquitoes. I would say I like Trump less than a mosquito. Even with the Zika virus? Yes. Hmm. Even with malaria? Yeah, because that would kill one person. Who knows how many Trump's going to kill? Malaria has killed scores of people. Well, I'm saying one mosquito with malaria. Mosquitoes only bite one person? And then the subsequent you know, spreading of malaria from person to person... It, malaria doesn't spread from person to person, only spreads via mosquito bite. If Trump is elected president of the United States, how many people do you think will die as a result of that chain reaction? I don't know, but I also don't know how many people have died from malaria. I don't either, but I'm sure it's a lot. But <laughs> So we're throwing guesses at the wind right now. <laughs> we're throwing so, guesses at so the wind. So what all you're saying for the most part is Trump may be greater than, if not equal to, malaria. Yes, that's what I'm asserting. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> we got deep real quick on that. <laughs> deep and political and... Uh... Threw a little bit of consciousness in there, uh -huh. too. Yeah. Mr. Haircut. I know, right? And uh, since I'm editing, I'm not cutting any of this out. No, leave None. all this. Leave all this. This is good. So we came back to talk about the last conversation that I had with Blake, or at least the second half of it. And I just realized how meta that was. We're having a conversation about a conversation. That is pretty meta. Yeah. Well, that's pretty meta, bro. Yeah, we're, we're deep. Is that, a, is that an adjective now, meta? It's meta. a suffix. So, yes, but all but, suffixes are adjectives for the most part that, well, that are contained uh, within words. Okay. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, f yeah. I mean, I would say that meta has been a suffix for a long time, but not an actual standalone adjective until recently. Yeah. But that's just the evolution of language. 
I still hold that suffixes are self-contained adjectives. So does that? <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean I can? I'll start referring to cool things as nar as a abbreviation of gnarly. I don't and you'd know, be okay with but that? I did hear something um, interesting. I listened to another podcast called Dogma Debate, and I heard she, they were talking about uh, some transgender things. And the I think it was a wife of the host said something like, I don't think people should be judged or have laws enacted against them just because they choose to life differently than other people. And I thought that was an interesting word. Choice. <laughs> I've, ne- I've never I've heard, heard that pe- one before. I've heard people say things like, I wish I could money better. Really? Like manage their money. You've heard people st- say that? Yeah. Did you smack them? No, it was on, on another podcast. Oh, so you can't smack them on no, a podcast. But it's just language is changing again. Yeah. And we're getting left behind because we're old. Pretty soon we'll all be speaking in emoticons. Hopefully we will be speaking through and direct to brain interface, not unlike the matrix where we can share thoughts and communicate instantaneously. I'm down. Bring it on. Although I'm sorry. Know. That's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> we already have it. I apologize. Are you even on Twitter? Um, I am. But I'm not under my name. (laughs) (laughs) Are you like some crazy political activist that has a secret Twitter handle? No, my Twitter handle actually is Donald J. Trump. (laughs) It's been you all along. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) I knew it was you with the wig and the white face on. Oh, yeah. I... I mean, that's easy to fake because you can pull those pictures from anywhere. Right, right. Um, I saw this one. You ever see Vice? No. So Vice is this sort of uh, investigative journalism type of show where they'll just go into places and talk about interesting things. And one was following this Trump impersonator that had been a Trump impersonator for over 10 years. And with this Twitter thing, I think I may have him beat it. Really? Yeah. So he said it. he spent more than 30 hours just on practicing, like, patterns of speech. Just because he has a very, he being Donald Trump, has a very distinct and interesting rhythm, like a very unusual cadence. It took him a while to really nail it. And so businesses actually hire him as a Donald Trump impersonator. Really? Yeah, like conferences and things like that. I bet he's rolling now. I know, but you have to imagine that a lot of other people have jumped on that bandwagon by now, too. Yeah. I wonder if Trump ever hires him to be like a double. Uh, I don't think Trump is like that. I I don't think he'll have doubles until he's elected president, which he probably will be. Don't say that. If my saying anything just, just changed, don't, just don't. I'm, just I mean, don't, I didn't think. I don't think I'd like it. Uh, you know, no. I've definitely yeah. started looking at um, Canada. other plate. No, France actually. France? Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know something about the French. I've always found appealing. I'm gonna stay, stay and fight for the homeland. Eh. <laughs> I mean, I'm really rethinking the France thing because the Eurozone now is just going to be chaos because of the Brexit or whatever the crap. So maybe Canada, maybe Australia. You sure you don't want me to teach you how to camp? It's never too late, dude. Is it living off the land illegal now? I don't know, probably, but (laughs) who's going to stop you? Like some, I heard something about legislation about... uh, people not being able to live off the grid anymore. I don't know. I mean, you never technically could, but who's going to stop you? I mean, say say you buy five acres of land up in the mountains of Virginia and you go build a cabin on it. But that's what codes are for. You know, for something to be considered a house, it has to have blank. And if they say it, in order for it to have people living there, it has to be uh, has to have connect 
connections to electricity and they have to be connected to the grid, then... Well, don't tell anybody you're building a house. Just go build it in the middle where nobody can see it. Sure. Get some solar panels. I just don't think that anywhere in America is safe anymore from that type of thing. From bugs? From from (laughs) bugs and, you know, (laughs) drones. That's true. That's true. I don't think they would worry about me living up in the mountains of Virginia until in the of my in, five acres until Donald Trump finds your bass playing subversive it already is subversive he just doesn't know about it yet or does he or does he right. that sounds like the intro music to zeitgeist <laughs> <laughs> I actually did that soundtrack all with my mouth. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. It could have been you or like Wilfred Brimley before he died. (laughs) 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 What are we talking about? This is what happens. So I start going off the rails in my band and just talking nonsense. And I realize that I haven't podcasted in a couple of weeks and I need an outlet. Yeah. Yeah. This makes me sane in regular life. This is when we can spout all our nonsense. Right. And all three Mr. Haircut listeners out there are probably really enjoying this. Well, five. Five. Some people listen twice. That's My mom is one of those, probably. I don't think my mom either has ever heard this, and if she did, she probably couldn't stand it because of the swearing. My mom actually enjoys it, especially the swearing. Wow. You have a very interesting mother. Mom to listen to this. Now I hope so. <laughs> I mean, we're just talking about sex. I know how I got here. <laughs> My parents asked for a baby for Christmas one year, and Santa Claus was late. That's right. Yeah, that's what they. That's what they mean. You're late, right? Yeah, Santa Claus. Is- yeah, they asked for a baby on Christmas, and I was born in early January. Because Santa Claus is afraid of the ghetto. <laughs> I was born in September. What does that mean? That means that um, your parents ordered you via Amazon Prime. Oh, really? Mm. Okay, I didn't even know that was around two, when I was born. Yeah, Two-day delivery. Okay. It's badass. That's cool. Was I a drone delivery, do you think? or Probably not. Was this before they had drones? And they no, they shorts? had drones back then, but they were always... Um, Seen as aliens. <laughs> That's what the Roswell crash was. Just a predator really? drone, yeah. From the future? No, from Carrying there. Arnold Schwarzenegger? From, from, from the there. past? No, yeah, it was there. They've had, we've had drones for 75 years. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So was that the one where Arnold Schwarzenegger was abducted from the past by drones from the future and brought back to the present to act in the movie Terminator? Which is played only in the future. I think you have that completely backwards. See, the drones were from the past, and Arnold Schwarzenegger came from the future to destroy them. But when did he? When did he do the movie Terminator? I have no idea. What are eighty nine? Eighty nine. Okay. <laughs> good. Know. Good answer. Four. I'm gonna look that up right now because I have to know. Weren't we gonna talk about? Music? We were. But this is far more interesting. <laughs> All right, I'm calling uh I'm calling eighty six for Terminator. Eighty four. Eighty four. Eighty four. Who's closer? Um did you know it was directed by James Cameron? I did know that. I did not. Yep. Holy crap. The same person that gave us Avatar and Titanic gave us Terminator. That's right. 
Holy crap. And isn't he like one of the, like, isn't he like the pioneer to go like the furthest in the ocean or like the deepest dive or something? I don't think he did the deepest, but he's done one of the deepest. Mm. Maybe he did do the deepest, but he took lots of pictures of himself while doing it. Um, got lots of clothing and watch endorsements and wrote an article about himself for National Geographic. How vain. Oh, my God. Nobody <laughs> wants to hear that. Did you see my post on Facebook from earlier? No. It said it sort of speaks to exactly that. I've always thought about, always thought that posting selfies was really vain. There's no way someone can be feeling themselves that much. Then I realized I post drum solos. Yeah. Just something to think about. They're called drum selfies. Well, so... (laughs) (laughs) Some people would say I I get entirely too many drum selfies a night. I only got one last night. Really? Playing with Nisha. I think I only got one drum solo as as far as I could find. Well, there were... There were a couple kind of halfway drum solos where I looked at you to take one and you started going and then somebody cut you off. Okay. I don't remember. It was in the moment and it was hot. It was extremely hot. That was the hottest gig I've played all year in a temperature sense. Well, aren't temperatures supposed to go up from here? I don't know. Dude, I just learned something that I should have known because I considered myself intelligent, but apparently I'm not as intelligent as I thought because I just realized that days in the summer actually get shorter. Yeah, after last week. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I just bought into the idea that days in the summer get longer. Yeah. Without ever thinking about it. Yeah, they do up until the 21st. The first day of uh, summer. First day of summer. And on that day, it happened to be a full moon, and I happened to be camping with all of my bug friends on an island and swimming out in the lake under the full moon on the is it solstice. Yeah, the solstice. I just got a picture in my brain of you in A Bug's Life. <laughs> the movie Bug's yeah. Life? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's, it'd be like a combination of A Bug's Life and Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I was really, I wasn't in that movie actually, but I was in the movie made by bugs called A Human's Life, where they anthropomorph, ant, bug of, it's bug a hard of, word, bug of for more pies, bug, bug of, <laughs> <laughs> bug of for more pies. It would be intrathromorpies, all of the humans. That's how I feel when I try to say normal words like car. So listeners, do you actually enjoy listening to this podcast? If so, let us know. You can email us your poem, question, comment uh, in haiku form on mrhaircut.org. That's pretty flattering when, when people mention that you're an influence amongst the same, oh, yeah. amongst your influences in, in a way. It's kind of it's kind of badass. I guess that knows that makes you feel like you're doing something right. Yeah, <laughs> I talked to, I talked to Calvin a couple months ago, and he was talking because I told him the same thing. Yeah, and uh, he remembers he met uh, met Thomas when he was a kid, like eleven or twelve That's years crazy. old. Yeah, you know, God, that's crazy. <laughs> but that was probably right around when he did that that crazy solo that he right. did when he was a young kid. That's right. kind of what like made his career. But I mean, dude, are you talking about the that dimly lit gospel chops video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. And that's I mean, that's the thing too, man. Like, you gotta wonder. There's just so much access to so much stuff. It's like. My thing, like that, that's kind of what I get down to as far as like the YouTube stuff is I, I learn, I still learn better in person than I do from videos and right. stuff like that. And that's what I, I tell a lot of kids that I give lessons to as well. It's like, it's cool, but 
it's hard to filter through all that stuff to find things that are you think are catered to you. By the way, how would you get contacted if you were to uh, like get le- give lessons over Skype? <laughs> you can go Blake, ahead and plug yourself, man. Blake BT Band Lessons at Gmail. That's all you gotta do. So how long have you been doing that? I've been doing Skype for like just the past only the past couple of months, and it's, it's awesome. Okay. Yeah, we did. I did a little bit. There was a. Uh, you know Matt Halpern? I know of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He had that website, uh, Band Happy, which was kind of cool. You could do. It was just all. It was an all-in-one thing. It was your video and your account and everything set up, so you didn't really have to worry about it. Right. It was all filtered through that. It was a cool idea. Uh, I think it's morphed into something else now. I think some other company acquired it, but I did a little bit on that, which was really cool. But I just started doing doing via Skype now because now it's like video quality is like way better like it used to I remember when guys were doing it five years it's changed so much even within the past five years I know guys that were doing it five years ago it wasn't it was just shit if you didn't have good internet it just right. was kind of shot and you couldn't really see or hear anything that well and now it's like close it's as close as you get to being like person to person but it's it's pretty cool so have you ever done that before no I never have actually have you ever thought about going into giving Skype lessons or do you feel like because, you know, Blake has the fortune of being famous already. Right. So <clears throat> people will seek him out. Yeah. But with guys like us that aren't as famous, we aren't famous at all. Who am I kidding? Um, I'm famous in Sweden. <clears throat> Why Sweden? As first country that came to mind. <laughs> Fair enough. <clears throat> um, no, I actually do that. advertise Skype lessons, but I've had no calls for Skype lessons because I don't think anybody goes to my website, which is www.johndanielray.com. And I, I do give Skype lessons. Okay. So, so but you've never done it? Or? Hold on, I'm taking a selfie. All right, well, sorry, what was that? Now I have to take one, too. <laughs> I have to do this Instagram thing. <laughs> Guys, the social media is the worst. I mean, it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, so many obligations, and yeah. if you don't keep up with all this stuff, they don't care. They will forget about you. <laughs> they forget. It's so sad. It's so sad. <laughs> Sorry, hold on, every all, all you listeners. We're taking selfies for our social media. Which might take a while. Which might take a while, yeah. It looks good. Don't smile like that, though. Yeah, there you go. Look hard. We're going for a hard look here. Mr. Haircut's hard. This is as hard as I play drums. Uh <laughs> This is fun. I wish I didn't have my face. There is no filter to make my face any better. I feel like I look like I've been through life. You know? That's a good look. Not when those that look makes your face look like a potato sack. I just because if because if you like um because if you look at my face and it looks like it's been through life, what that really means is that I've been through a bag of marshmallows recently. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Taking selfies is hard. It's a lot easier to take a selfie of somebody else. That's true. Because all they can do is complain that their picture looks bad and they right. don't have to sit there and fix it. Exactly. My phone makes wants to make this the me haircut podcast for some reason. <laughs> That's because you haven't typed it enough. Yeah. Or is it because of my fat marshmallow fingers? <laughs> <laughs>
I've been digging it. Do you have like lesson plans or you just kind of make it up as you Yeah, go? yes and no. Like there's the guys that I do that I have like consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I won't go over certain things and then reflect on that for like a week and then get back up and then kind of go over those again. But then there's, there's the random ones that are like all Q&A based, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's, it's kind of cool. It's, it, it varies from kid to kid. I mean, it's cool too because it's like <clears throat> I had an hour long one yesterday with this kid in Newfoundland. Right. <laughs> it was just like, it's kind of sick. Like the, the, that's, I can't imagine like growing up and being able to take, you know, a lesson from Dave Lombardo or even Bozio or something like that or something. So how do you deal with the stress of being someone's favorite drummer? (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I used to kind of think I had some sort of expectation to live up to. Mm -hmm. So like when, yeah, it's one of those things when, when people tell you that, you're good. To me, I've always I've always been like super flattered about that. And when someone says they're your favorite drummer, it's like that's cool. But you can't. You have to learn to really not let that affect your ego in in, in a way. Because my whole thing now, and I don't know if this is just situational because I'm getting older, but it's just like now my thing is trying to. I'm not trying to be the best freaking drummer in the world like everyone like when you're younger it's like that's always your goal and then right. now I'm more based on finding like my niche and finding what makes me distinguishable so how many records uh, how many BT BAM records have you been on I want to stop right there real quick because I've definitely heard people say things like that to you like you are their favorite bass player to not, me yeah not there not bunches of people more the same few people over and over and over again and and not just musicians i'll hear people talk about um you're playing that don't play at all but there's just something different when you play and how how do you deal with compliments um to a certain extent, I just kind of ignore them um, because I know exactly how good I am. And I know that I'm a good bass player, but I also know that there's so many better than me and that I have such a long way to go to even get to to where I want to be. You know, and, and I agree with what Blake said, that I'm not trying to be the best anymore. I used to try to be the best, and now I'm just trying to be the best John Ray there is. So I'm I'm really trying to find my thing and do what I do as best as I possibly can. <clears throat> um, but when somebody says that, I almost kind of disregard it. It's you know it's a compliment, and I'll thank them and smile and say, "Oh shucks, man, thanks, that's great." Uh, oh shucks, <laughs> that's usually what I do. Golly gee, I'll shuffle my feet a little bit and say, "Golly, thanks." That makes me feel great, and it does make me feel good. But also, it doesn't change my own uh, appraisal of my own playing. Does it make you feel worse when you feel like you've had a bad night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has. I've, I, yeah, it has before. Because um, you know, there have been nights where I've played like shit, and somebody comes up and says, "You are the best bass player I've ever heard," and I'm like, "Well, no." You're, I'm not. <laughs> and, well, yeah, that you still could be the best play, bass player that they have ever heard, or at least that they've ever seen in person. Maybe that they've ever noticed, because the best bass players are the ones you don't notice. That's kind of the nature of the job. On most of the music they, that they consume, yeah, but if they come into our session, we do different things. That's true. So, but I'm still not trying to be noticed as a bass player. Uh, I'm really trying not to stand out. I'm trying to to raise the whole level of the music. That's that's what bass players do. And if I'm standing out, then I'm kind of not doing my job. Um, I think when the, the bass is on, I think people notice it just because even if it's the the virtue of we live in. Uh, a world that had funk and soul music at one time that's influenced so much. 
like bass and drums is so much of the drive of like of the dance vibe that when it's there, it's you feel it. Yeah. And people know it's there because they've learned that those two things are important. Yeah. No, you're right about that. You're right. But also uh, Okay, so can we can we because I think we're sort of we're dancing around the idea that some people play to get noticed and they play really flashy things on purpose. And I don't think we're talking about that. Right. Yeah, and it's different. When I'm taking a solo, I kind of do want people to notice me. That's right. the whole point of taking a solo. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, and, and a lot of what we play, as far as just us doing duo stuff, is very different than, you know, my role as a bass player then is kind of all of the harmony and melody and right. rhythm and... And you you just play the drums. Yep, that's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I do. Just a measly little drummer who's never anywhere on time. Drum jokes are fun. Drum jokes are misleading. I feel like drum dro- drum drum jokes. See, this is what I meant when I said I can't say normal words. <laughs> drum jokes is kind of hard though. How many drum jokes could you drum if a drum joke it could make jokes about drums? You're just showing off now. But I feel like the drums are the little brother of the band that everyone just picks on. See, well, yeah, I do pick on you a lot just because you're the only other person in the room to pick on. Uh, but to me, when I listen to music, I listen to the drums. And the reason I like your drumming so much is because you're a badass drummer and that's what I listen to. Like when I'm playing with a band, you are kind of at the forefront of, in my brain, of, of what's going on. Um, and when I'm playing with a group, if the drummer's not good, then nothing's good. Right. Um, you, you really drive the band. I don't know when that started happening. I remember before I, I joined Six Styles, I... <sighs> I, I sounded thinner. I mean, personally, I was probably about 60 pounds lighter. But my playing, I didn't, I felt like my playing didn't take up as much space. Yeah. And I don't know what changed in the past couple of years. This will be an interesting thing to go back and try to find out. But I don't like it sometimes, or at least the way that I'm, I'm big, I don't like. So I like to be able to shrink when I need to shrink and drive when I need to drive. I think you could eat more salads and jog. That would probably take care of a lot of it. Sounds like more white people's shit. <laughs> Ain't natural. <laughs> you just sleep in the dirt and cuddle with bugs. You'll be good, man. On the interview, I, I don't know what else to say. <clears throat> I forgot what he was talking about. Uh, yeah, we, we went off topic. Yeah, I'm glad I recorded it, though. <laughs> was Sound Circus, so Alaska, Colors, uh, Cover Record, and then Great Mr. Egg, EP, Parallax, this last one. Seven? Seven or eight. So, so yeah. seven or eight records, and you feel like you haven't found yourself yet? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, but see, I think that's part of it, man. I think that's part of. Like, I think the uh, universe, uh, lack of a better term, has found you. Yeah, like, I feel yeah, like if you if you listen to all of your discography, you'll you'll not only see change, you'll probably see the things that you've kept in common from records. Yeah. Records. Oh, there's there's definitely those. Yeah, yeah. There's those always. There's those licks that I always seem to go back to. And um, I try not to because now I look back on it and I'm like, oh, man, I've done that before. It's just right. like a simple four or five over two sort of thing and blah, 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 blah. And, but I find a way to somehow make those cool, I guess, and add more dynamic to it and sort of have – I guess, yeah, at the end of the day, you subconsciously have some sort of consistency to your playing that you don't realize that you're doing. Mm-hmm. It, um, so how much of that do you want to get rid of? If you had to kind of like give a like a percentage, 
Like, let's say that you, let's say that you're you, right? And you could ditch a certain percentage of your playing for something you now perceive as better. Probably like 50. Oh, geez. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There's some, because, well, mainly like my whole thing was, and I think I'm, I'm getting better at that. Like I found, my whole thing was like I got, when we were doing casket stuff, Mm -hmm. I was like, I had, my feet were awesome. My hands were okay. And I kind of hit a plateau and I was like, all right, cool. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like I've, I've got that double kick stuff down. Like I don't really need like beyond that. Don't really need to mess with that anymore. Right. And then yeah. And then I got exposed to more choppy stop style stuff mm-hmm. and more lick based things. And instead of just doing singles all the time. Right. And so I was like, I need to focus more on that. Cause that's more appealing to me. Sure. And at the end of the day too, there might be something after I'm, messing around with this whole world if there might be something I might get in the Japanese taiko drumming or something <laughs> I don't see myself getting into hey. that but like before I get into that um, I think that's humbling hearing that he would ditch 50% of his playing now doing as much as he's already done yeah you know that's kind of scary it's like but encouraging because there is no like finish line, which is cool. Yeah. Like it's kind of about the journey, but geez. Well, man, I would say the same thing. And I would say in 10 years, I would probably say the same thing. And then another 10 years, the same thing. Maybe. Um, I think it, I hope that one day I become the drummer that I want to be not perfect, but if I could look at my identity as a whole and say, I'm good with it. Yeah. I mean, I can say that now I'm good with well, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for your congratulations. That's really meta. Um, no, <laughs> I just wanted to say that. I was trying to think of the word I made up earlier, and I couldn't think of it. Anthropomorphic. How about these biscuits? Oh, geez. (laughs) No. Uh, uh, What was I saying? No, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy with where I'm at right now. I also would ditch 50% of my playing right now. I also completely want to develop what I'm doing into something totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm enjoying the journey. Fair enough. Except when my computer messes up like last night. That was terrible for me. So part of your 50% is your, your technical prowess. And my equipment. Fair enough. All the happiness money could buy. <laughs> I've been extremely um, purposeful building my foundation. Most of the things that I practiced, even when I first started, there wasn't a lot of trial and error for me because I kind of knew what I wanted. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's changed that is listening to other drummers because they'll do the things that I want to do in ways that I didn't think of, but it still ends up being attached to the vocabulary that I already have. Mm-hmm. So it's less of ditching things, and it's more of the way that I want to grow the way that I apply my vocabulary. Okay, yeah, cool. Because I don't think I, I, don't think I play anything that's inherently lame, just underdeveloped. Yeah. I play some things that I think are lame. Uh, but it's because I haven't developed that that aspect yet, you know, that that idea. Sure. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot of areas as far as being a bass player that I, I feel like I haven't even begun to work on yet. Right. You know, they're on my to-do list, but they're a year or two in the future before I even get started with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like... Uh, 
Matt Sickle showed me all these tapping licks. Mm. And I've kind of, you know, I'll mess with it for two minutes a day or something, but it's that's something I really want to get into, and I've wanted to get into it for a long time. Mm-hmm. But it's just so far down my priority list of things that I need to work on. You know, one day I'll get there. One day I'll be able to play like Matt Sickles, but... So what is on your priority list? Like, what's the first thing? So the first thing, honestly, is what... So you gave me and Daniel Seraph a rhythm lesson about mm-hmm. a year ago, and that's the shit I've been working on every day. Like, when I... The beginning of my practice session, I pull out a metronome, I put it on about 80, mm-hmm. and listen to that as the backbeat. So it's like... Yeah, so one, two, and four. Yeah. And uh, and just groove for about ten minutes, and that's just really f- sitting with that and using that, uh, using different techniques, and just really getting comfortable with that. Nice. Um, and then I'll start moving the metronome around and doing other stuff. But that's the majority of my practicing right now. Cool. And so, what are you trying to accomplish? Uh, tighten up my feel. Okay. Um, and so when I'm working on a new technique, like there's three or four kind of different ways that I play the bass regularly. Mm-hmm. And so with each of those, I have to I have to kind of practice the same things over and over again with each each approach, each technique. Right. Um, and when I start tapping, I'll have to do the same thing. You know, we'll be back to square one. When I start tapping, I'll have to start with the backbeat metronome. Uh, but you know, I play with my thumb and fingers, a more classical guitar style, a lot, mm-hmm. uh, slapping, um, and then just regular finger style. I have to do the work on the same things with each of those techniques. That backbeat metronome thing is something that I heard a lot of people that have been to school for jazz. That's the way that they learn to play with a metronome on two and four. Yeah. Especially drummers since the hi-hats on two and four. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't until I started hanging around with college grads because, you know, a slacker dropout, that I'd, I'd heard that before. Thing is, I play with the metronome in different ways. Yeah. That's just one that I don't do. I started playing with... Um, like whole note metronomes and stuff like that, where yeah. you only have a metronome, like a click on the downbeat, and that's yeah. it. I'll, I'll do that too. I'll put the metronome on like twenty mm-hmm. and have it as the the two, right? Or the two and the four on on twenty, right? Um, which is agony. Which is agony. I've gotten it down to ten. Whew. I can play, <laughs> yeah. And so it's four bars per per right. every click. Um. And that's hard. That's the hard, hard to part to me is starting. It's not like it's having to subdivide that space initially. I feel like it's much easier once you're in there. Yeah. But if you just put the metronome on 20 and then wait, then it's weird. What do you mean wait? Like, like because like timing is the duration between two events. If yeah. those two events are so far apart to be inconceivable, then you can't really subdivide those two things. It's like trying to subdivide a minute. Yeah, it takes me a while to get into it. So when I put the metronome on 10, it probably takes me three minutes to get that feel down. Right. And then I'll sit with that and work with it for 10 minutes. Right. But it takes me a long time to, to even get those subdivisions into my head. So what I'll do is I'll put my metronome on uh, 40 mm-hmm. and then um, just start taking out those beats. So first I'll take That's out... That's a good idea. I'll, first I'll yeah. take out two and four, and then I'll finally take out three. That's a really good idea. Okay. I'm going to start doing that. That's the easier way. Um, also, the metronome that I use, not to do like any product placement, anything, I use... Um, Pro Metronome, two ninety nine on the exactly. App Store. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's what I um, But they also have that dropout thing uh-huh. in the Rhythm Trainer, yep. where you can, you know, tell it to play certain amount of bars and then mute the rest. Yeah, yeah. So you could set it to like play one bar and then be mute for seven. So you have that one bar of setup, and then you have seven bars where you're just off by yourself. I haven't tried that yet. But that sounds it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, but most of the time now I'm doing micro time stuff, so which is, uh, it's hard to rework into all of the routine that I have. But that's what I'm trying to do right now. 
I'm trying to rework and play all this stuff with this 30-second note thing. 30-second note? Okay, so the way the microtime thing works is if you have... Yeah. Right? Oh, the, the rhythm trainer is on. Okay, yeah. And so that, um, the upbeat, or the, the downbeat's actually on the last 30-second 30 30 second note. note. Yeah. And you just have to hold the groove right there where that tiny little note doesn't move. That's crazy, dude. It's ridiculous. I'm not there yet. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so I'm trying to play and practice everything that I have like that. Yeah. Ugh. Wow, but, dude. But it's one of the things, like this guy, um, his name is Nate, and he does a 80-20 drummer website. He says he got that from Mark Juliana. Really? And that's all I needed to hear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I do. I do it with sixteenth notes. Same mm -hmm. thing you were just talking about. But right. playing a groove over that is—I'm still struggling with it. I mean, that's taken me a year. The sixteenth note became easy. That's why I moved to thirty-second notes because I started practicing everything either with the, you know, upbeat sixteenth note or the upbeat triplet. Yeah, and it just started just to become mindless. And I was like, okay, now what? And so I just moved to the thirty-second note. And really, the microtime exercise is the thirty-second note. Yeah. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but you can do it with 16th. You can put it on any 16th, like the E. Yeah, I've done that. The, yeah. That's something that uh, Jeff Sipe showed me years ago where he would do that and put the metronome on the E and the uh and the and. and yeah. It's kinda, and it helps to kind of work out any kinks in okay. your time feel. But this microtime stuff is just bonkers, dude. It's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh, we're never going to get done. <laughs> So I don't hear in your playing, because I've actually listened to most of those records, yeah. um, I don't hear a lot of the independent stuff that might be in some other, like like some of the Marco Miniman, Thomas Lang, Virgil Donati, mm -hmm. like that type of like extreme independent so stuff. Much, yeah. Is that something that you sort so of not, drum never talk. been interested in? Or is it something <laughs> yeah. that you just don't really feel like is useful? Or um, There's like hit or miss. It's hit or miss sometimes. There's, I'm afraid to throw too much of that stuff in there too because we have BT Bam has so many layers right. that I feel like doing that is gonna create too much like traffic sonically right like my Virgil Donati and all these guys and Gartska and all these guys they're in these like three pieces where right. it's like you've got like Gartska can He's got you got drums and you got two guitar players and right. maybe you got some key stuff in the bag. But once you start adding like percussion keys, this, mm -hmm. that, and the other to a record, I find myself simplifying a lot more stuff after the fact. So like when we when we record stuff when we write songs, I'll go into it like with some crazy off wall thing that I think is cool because all I'm jamming with usually at the end of the day or when we're writing those songs is probably just. Dan and Paul mm -hmm. and and does well Dusty's like learning the riff or whatever so we've only got like two other layers there so it's kind of just like yeah I don't know it, it's it, it's basically I'll figure that out and then go from there but and then when we come back to it I'll say well once we start adding like vocals and stuff like that I'll look back and I'm like yeah I was probably doing way too much shit there so right. I'm fine well yeah. um, why is that like <sighs> Mr. Haircut. <laughs> okay, so I, I've just been a drum nerd for the past uh, past like 30 minutes or whatever, but I want to try to get it to a place where people that don't know what in the world we're talking about can sort of understand. Yeah. And um, so we always try to make metaphors, like we, music as a language is one of the themes that we have. So um, why is it important? to not take up too much space. Like, why would you scale back if, like, could you try to explain that in a way that someone that's not a musician could understand that? It's important. I feel like it's important because it allows the rest of the, your, your band to be heard. So it's not, you're not focusing because at the end of the day, you're in a, I'm in a band. Right. There's like four other guys and there's four other musicians. 
I'm not the most important part. Like, it's a musician's-based band, so right. you have to find that balance. That's the thing. That's where you got to pick your battles. It's right. like, that's where you have to say, all right, I can tread on this part. No, I should probably lay back on this part. So that's that all comes down to writing the way you write your song. What is it that tells you what to do, like when to do that? Because I don't think that that would come, uh, that wouldn't be obvious to everybody. And I don't think it's obvious to everybody um, when they are a casual music listener. We have this, we have this dichotomy of something being like pop versus musicians music. Um, and it's one that I don't necessarily always agree with. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Most of the time, whenever I show my friends a song that I really dig, even if it's someone that they've never heard, if it's a good song, they can tell it's a good song, and they may even like it and buy it themselves. Do you have any thoughts on that, that whole like pop music versus like quote-unquote musician musician's music. music? So we talked about this a little bit in the quality episode. Um, <clears throat> all the music... Uh, what what I really like about music is kind of this aesthetic appeal. Um, you know, I listen to, uh, I will listen to some things that are, you know, musicians' music where you know it's just kind of shredding, um, and I enjoy it because I'm a musician. But that's the kind of thing I listen to once, and and that's it. You know, I don't really enjoy listening to that. Um, what I listen to is music that sounds good. And that can be musicians' music, you know, music where people are shredding. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got to have a certain aesthetic appeal for me to to like it. Have you narrowed that down at all? Like, if if it and contains certain factors, you'll end up liking it versus not. Um, but, uh, sort of, just kind of in my own head. Uh, I like things that are artistic, so things that are new. Um, new approaches to things. Um, and also just kind of beautiful harmony and melody. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about melody first, and there's there's some music I like. Uh, like there's a band called The Dawn of Midi that does a lot of really, really cool stuff with no melody at all. So it's all rhythmic, improv-based kind of stuff. And I really dig that. And I think it's really aesthetically beautiful. You know, it's really appealing, but it has basically no harmony and no melody. Um, so it's really uh, what I like about it is things that are artistic and expressive, I guess, rather than just shreddy things. Mm-hmm. That time where I forget how to turn the thing back on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, God, what? Yeah, what tells? Probably. I don't really know till once we start putting. Once I start hearing vocals on our songs, and probably key stuff as well, mm-hmm. then that's when I'm like, okay, this this is definitely conflicting too much with what's going on. Uh, with, with, with what Tommy's doing sure or, uh, and because the way we write is we are we do basically write it just as the the rhythm section mm-hmm. which I can I kind of consider to some degree the guitar is sort of the rhythm section as right. well not only just bass for some certain parts but so I have a lot of freedom to kind of play on top of that stuff so mm-hmm. I don't really realize what I should be doing for the final product till probably we start I hear what the vocals are going to be doing okay that's like a big that's a big part and you would see the vocals as the most important I wouldn't see them as the most important because there there are times where we've had those conflicts where we've been like um, there's this section that Tommy came up with this cool vocal line, mm-hmm. but I'm but on that part I'm actually doing this really cool syncopated fill with what's what Paul's doing. Right. And we'll wait, we, you know, we'll weigh the pros and cons, and we'll say, yeah, Tommy will be like, yeah, this cool line, but honestly, at the de- end of the day, I think what you did would be way sicker if we just left that in. 
I'm not going to argue that shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, cool. That's uh, but yeah, and then there, but then there's stuff that Tommy does. Uh, I'm like, damn, I should, I, I'm doing too much there. I'll scale right. back when we record it. Cool. Um, so yeah, I mean, you you kind of want you kind of want like everyone to have their their time to shine. But that's what's weird about us is it's like we're we're trying to write songs, but your uh, musicians band, I guess, or, or deem that, I guess, by who our fan base as a musician's band. So you kind of have to find that balance. Okay. It's hard. Yeah. Um, it, I'll, everything you said sort of just screams relationship to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm just making exactly just making, uh, ties to being not just in a relationship, but, uh, talking in a group. Yeah. You know, and how everybody can't be shouting at the same time. Yeah, man, it's, it it really is like give and take for sure. And we've, and there's, dude, there's stuff that I look back on that we have recorded where I look back on now and I'm like, I probably should have chilled out there. Right. Maybe shorter. But then, then there's parts where I'm like, ah, I could have done something. Sure. Way sicker there or something like that. So hindsight's twenty twenty though. Oh, I know, oh. I know. It's like yeah, it, it, that's all hindsight stuff. It's kind of but it's gonna happen pretty much all the time. So unfortunately, I haven't had a band where I could kind of explore myself in that yeah. sort of an aspect. Um, so I have to go by more pop rules. Yeah, and I, I forget who says this, but I I'd much rather play too little or play like just the part. And didn't regret that I, you know, yeah. because <laughs> I, yeah, because that to me is the worst feeling ever where I feel like whatever I'm doing is like the sickest thing in that moment. And then a couple years later, I go back and listen to that recording. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, but that, that's part of the struggle of growing as a musician too, man. Like your, your interests in, in things, as far as chops and stuff like that, and just try, and just music in general, they're they're gonna evolve over time. The, the, that's just part of it. Like there's yeah, there's stuff I look back on on this last record that we just did where oh, I'm geez. like, yeah. so so okay, I have another one of those. Like if you could, if you could take back one moment on one record that you did that you wish that you didn't do. Ooh. <laughs> I think one. Damn. Yeah, just one. Jesus. Um, there's one, let's see. There's one, there's this one random, like, uh, sort of, I know what I was trying to do, but it's, it's off Parallax 2, and it's in that, this song called Shroom File Elite, but it's got this crazy double kick polyrhythmic part. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a little bit too much. I was putting something on top of it there was like a it was like a three over four thing yeah I have to like reference it to show you what I'm talking about but I would have probably dumbed that part down but dude there's like millions or not dumb it down but simplify it I understand that I understand that man but there's dude I mean that's like one out of a million so so many parts so I have one more question and I'll let you go Um, if you could start a side project um that wasn't like hard rock sort of prog rock. What would it like? What would it be? Damn. See, the one which sucks is like I've always wanted to start one that is. I wanted to sound like a mix of uh, like a more fusion uh, version of Candiria, not really aggressive. So I really wouldn't. Yeah, you you could get away with. I don't know if you've heard Candiria before. Dude, you would dig them. Okay. Because they're very, especially their older stuff, It's it has a lot of, it's like jazz fusion mixed with hardcore, but the rhythms they do are so jacked up. Mm-hmm. But And they were just way, they were way too ahead of their time. Sure. Way too ahead. Like it was, we always say, we always tell our booking agents, like, dude, if you they ever like want to tour again, we have first dips because that band... That's always been like a big influence to BT bands, Candiria. But I okay. would do something like that. I okay. would do something not as aggressive, but rhythmically similar to what they're doing, and something a little bit more heavy on the keys, mm-hmm. and just sort of fusion esque sort okay. of sort of stuff like that. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. Probably no, probably do all instrumental. 
Okay. Like, I probably... Vocals are just weird, man. Vocals are... Yeah. Uh, vocals are like... They can be hit or miss sometimes, they dude. They can... That's the variable that, that, like, a lot of people... It can be make or break for a lot of people. Right. Vocals, man. That's what kind of sucks, but... It'd have to be... I mean, if I found a vocalist, I'd be like, yeah, that'd be cool. Like, it, that I think would fit it, but... I don't know. I think it'd be simpler just to do something just instrumental based. So I was thinking that I think that was his wife texting him saying that it was time to go. Really? Yeah. <laughs> End of interview. <laughs> well, we had already been together for a couple of hours. Yeah. At that point, jamming. Um, he's a newlywed too. Really? He got married a couple of months before I did. Really? So. Yeah. Anyways, I had really fun. I had a lot of fun, really fun. It was a really good time. <laughs> I had and really fun, I had guys. really fun. I have all the fun. I have the best fun. <laughs> I have the best words. <laughs> Anyways, it's always really good to get together with him. Hopefully, we'll do it soon, and I'll be posting some uh, video footage from, from that. Oh, sorry. It's my girlfriend texting me. Oh, that's my mom. Oh, sorry. It's girlfriend again. Oh, there she is again. Hold on. Damn it, I can't respond this fast. <laughs> <laughs>